Pardon the interruption, but I'm Keith Olbermann. It's our last show together. Tony, are you going to miss me? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Sure thing, Ken. We yeah. did, you did this joke the last time. I know, we but, did uh, but I thought I called you Kevin in that one. Or maybe it was Kyle or Kirk. It is a joke, isn't it? It's, it's mostly a joke, but you know, Keith... There's a little bit of truth in almost everything that we say. Just a little bit of truth. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls, with Will Bonoff. I am so pleased to be joined by a man whose hairline I envy deeply, television star Keith Olbermann. God, I do envy that. We begin today with what appears to be the official holdout of Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys' productive running back has not yet shown up in training camp. Of all the big-name players holding out, none is as critical to his team as Elliott is to the Cowboys. Keith, he has two years left on his contract. Will the Cowboys blink and give him a new deal? I suspect they will. I suspect, though, if they don't do it quickly, if it doesn't get done in the next couple of weeks, we have the potential for another hard-line Le'Veon Bell, I'm tougher than you are kind of thing, which seems to be a subtext of the relations between the NFL players and the NFL management. So my thought is, yeah, he's too vital. There's nobody to replace him. But this time last year, nobody knew who Connor was from Pittsburgh either. And And I understand that. But there's a history of the Cowboys here. The most famous Cowboys holdout was Emmett Smith, a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame sure. running back. The Cowboys went 0-2 without him. Jerry Jones blinked, caved. Emmett Smith came back. They won the Super Bowl that year. I think that might be the last time they ever won the Super Bowl. Now, I was interested in hearing about this. Stephen Jones taking the lead on negotiations with Ezekiel Elliott, which is such a perfect Jerry Jones move. Because then Jerry Jones comes in on the white horse. Jerry Jones gives them the deal. And then everybody is happy. And and it it, it appears to me to be scripted because I think they have to give him the money that he's. He is essential to them if they want to go to the Super Bowl and and. Jerry Jones wants a Super Bowl. But we're in the era in the NFL where there are two kinds of holdouts. One is, I don't really want to be here for the first couple of weeks of of practice and and camp anyway. And then the other ones, which is, I want to live somewhere else, and I don't care if I don't play all year, and the team is the same way about it. There is, there's always the potential for one of these to turn into nuclear Armageddon. And I, and I give you that, but again, I think Jerry Jones is different. Yeah. I don't think he's a conventional owner. I think he's a showman. I think he's the most likely of all the owners to cave in. And I also I have another reason for it. Yeah. He hasn't won the Super Bowl in a million years. He must hate Robert Kraft. He sees Kraft up there all the time. And Jerry Jones knows that what he has right now, not that they're a Super Bowl winning team, but they've got a chance. They're a playoff team. They could get there. And it's got to just eat at him that Kraft wins all the time and he doesn't win at all anymore. Yeah, he gets all that. Kraft gets all that publicity and video and everything. Well, not all good publicity. Well, not all of that is good. Quite a different feel to the saga of the running back holding out from the Chargers. Melvin Gordon may have gained 1,375 yards of the Chargers last year, running and receiving, but his quarterback is not exactly honoring the picket line. We love Melvin, is that his name, (laughs) says Philip Rivers, but we're going to have to go with what we've got. It's a pretty dang good group. Dang. He's quoting Roger Miller's songs. Dang. Get a rope and hang me. Anyway, the translation to me sounds like, bye, Felicia. But, Tony, if you're Melvin Gordon, how do you feel about that quote? And how does the rest of the team feel about that quote? If I'm Gordon, I feel like I've just been stabbed. I mean, all Philip Rivers has to say is, 
He's a wonderful player. This is business. This happens all the time. We're going to work as hard as we can. And when he comes back, we're going to be very happy about it. And he did not do that. I mean, what he basically said, because I wrote this down, is who needs this guy? Yes. I mean, that's what I thought I heard is who needs this guy? And what, what interests me is that is Philip Rivers, he's older. He's 37. He doesn't have that many shots at it. His father is a, is a football coach. I think he identifies with coach and authority maybe more mm-hmm. than players. And, and, he, and you mentioned in the first part, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Philip Rivers probably thinking, hey, yeah. this guy could be Le'Veon Bell. I, I, I don't want any part of this. Yeah, it's a very polite see you later. It's just like, we, you know, thanks for stopping by. You've been a great help. And here are some parting gifts and a home version of the L.A. Charger game. Right? So I've been watching this all week because I'm crazy enough in the morning since I'm here to watch ESPN constantly. And they've been talking about this guy. America does that. Everybody who talks about this guy says the same thing. He's the wheel. He's not the engine. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. They point out that that team was 4-0 and without him last year. So there's no... There's a clamor for Ezekiel Elliott and for Melvin Gordon is like, oh, yeah. he's nice. Right. We don't need him. Because there are already extant options right there who've been proven to be valuable to that team. And they're good. I mean, the charges are pretty good. And, and if Melvin Gordon, he was hung out to dry. When, the other part of the question was, what are the rest? I don't know what the rest of the team probably thinks. But they may take their lead from Philip Rivers. I would think. Yeah. Andrew Luck, staying with football. Uh. Andrew Luck apparently has a bad calf. He injured it this spring. The injury is such that the Indianapolis Colts are limiting Luck's practice schedule and training camp. Head coach Frank Reich went so far as to compare Luck's injured calf to Kevin Durant's injured calf. Uh. Reich said, quote, I was certainly thinking about it. That's why we're being cautious, unquote. Keith, when Kevin Durant's name comes up, you think what? One, I think Kevin Durant's calf is the new catch-all phrase for every time you want to be cautious with an injury. From a calf to... A hair injury, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. You're going to hear Kevin Durant and his and this this thing we saw last year in the playoffs. We're going to hear this invoked at least for the next six months, again and again. I did it the other day with with Ledecky. I referred to that to, to her as, as Kevin right, in, in the pool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm already fulfilling it's a self fulfilling prophecy in reverse. But the other part is, it's clear that that Luck injured himself throwing mini footballs, and it just it clearly did it. He got him off balance. So this is physiologically. Like, I, I had no idea yes. Luck had an injured calf. Yeah. I was still struggling with that whole year that he missed because he had a shoulder problem. He couldn't throw a football, and you would they would say he's throwing a football, but it's a Nerf football. He's throwing a football, but it's a high school football. So last year he comes back, and he's fabulous, right? He plays all 16 games. I have the stats, 4,600 yards, 67% completions, 39 touchdowns, and 15 picks. And now you tell me. He's got a bad calf. So what, what I think of, first of all, I mean, I think it's a ridiculous overreach to say Kevin Durant. But I think, well, what if this guy's fragile? Exactly. What, what if this, this would be the second big deal injury? And it, when you do think Kevin Durant, you have to go to this one place out for the rest of the year. So when you say that, I don't know how, what, what are Colts fans supposed to think? Uh, you may recall this, I do from my youth, the annual saga of Joe Namath and how long that knee was going to hold. Out. Right, right. Because, because he had a Kevin Durant-style injury in that knee that could go at, at any moment, that whole bridge could collapse. Is it not somewhat of an irony that Kevin Durant's injury is a torn Achilles and it's not actually his calf? I mean, would it ultimately, ultimately put him out for the whole year? Because it's not his calf? Everything collapses when, the calf, when your calves go. In nearly 10 years as a sportscaster in L.A., I learned that the Southland loves a winner 
and large, gaudy, expensive, shiny objects, especially winners with large, gaudy, expensive, shiny objects. First, Steve Ballmer introduced Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as Clippers. Now he's released these renderings for a new billion-dollar-plus arena and kind of mini Clipper city covering 26 acres in Inglewood, near where the Lakers used to play. The arena looks like an L.A. version of a Fabergé egg, only it's a large, gaudy, expensive, shiny Fabergé egg object. Tony, could you see Ballmer with his new egg arena and his new players actually turning the Clippers into L.A.'s favorite team? So I guess this is the essential difference between Cornell and Binghamton that I thought it looked like a clamshell, <laughs> and I had no association with a very expensive Fabergé Sorry. egg. I'm going to yield to you on most of this yeah. because you lived in Los Angeles. My friends who live in Los Angeles tell me that, that the Lakers are it, that there's, there is no second, that the Lakers are it. I know from New York that the Knicks are it, but you tell me. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine the Clippers overtaking them. I see this, say this with great affection. It is a city of frontrunners. And if the Lakers, the Lakers earned a lot of space, a lot of failure. People stuck with them in previous little dips here and there when the Clippers were getting non-hilarious, which they were for their first 20 years in Los Angeles, certainly. But if, if you've got a choice, you're in L.A. and one team is okay, and the other one is a championship contender that's going to play uh, nationally televised in primetime playoff games, Jack and everybody else are going over to the Clippers. That's interesting. I, I would yeah, not have thought that. Oh, absolutely. And here are the, Lake, the Lakers got Anthony Davis, so it's not like they're bereft. It's not like they were last right. season. They got LeBron James. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to necessarily happen, but if something goes wrong, if, something, if Anthony Davis gets hurt or that doesn't mesh or LeBron gets hurt, whatever, and the Lakers really fade out and the Clippers come out of the gate and the new building is being built, that could easily turn into a, into a Clipper town. And I use New York as an example between the yin and the yang of them. People forget the Do Mets own this town from their beginning to about 1975 or so and owned it again during the Dwight Gooden, Strawberry, 84, 90 era. But the Yankees had longevity in the front of that yeah. and have longevity now. It went the other way quickly in a town that's much more loyal to its team Do you think the LA. Nets could do that to the Knicks in New York? Which, the Nets in... Brooklyn, Brooklyn or Jersey or well, Long Island? Well, they, or there the were in a New number of places. Aren't they in the ABA? That's where they started, it's and that's amazing. why I came it to It is amazing that the Knicks have retained all the loyalty. They've won they've two done. championships in 75 years. I know. I remember them. The Yankees and the Red Sox have played each other more than 2,200 times. This year. And last night, the Red Sox scored more than they ever had before. 19. 19 to 3 was the final. 12 of those 19 runs were put up on starter Masahiro Tanaka in three and a third innings. Yankee starters have now given up 40 runs in their last five games. Keith, leaving aside for a second, how could you leave Tanaka in for all of that? Did the Yankees, still up by nine and a half in the division, have to make a move for a starter? Well, they were going to anyway. It's a tradition as old as the Yankees itself. They always add somebody except for the one sell year in, what was that, 2016. They Going back to the first time you could actually move a player from the National League to the American League, they got Johnny Mize and Johnny Hop and Johnny Sane. And every National League concentrated Johnny on Johnny. Yeah, they exactly. Did. But they, they've always done that, and this just underscored the fact that a rotation of Herman, Hop, Tanaka, Paxton, and Sabathia does not provide you with a wild card game if you fell back into that, nor does it provide you with the four starters you need to get through the first round of the playoffs if you're a division winner. It just strikes me that this is germane to almost everybody. John Smoltz on this show yesterday yes. talked about how the Red Sox need, who does it? Okay, the Nats don't need starting pitching, but they have absolutely no bullpen. When you get to the playoff circumstance, 
Pitching is ultimately what decides all of it. Justin Verlander, that, that's one of the great pulls of all time yeah. for Houston. So, I mean, the question, the, the more potent question would be, don't you think they don't need anything? Because obviously everybody does. Are you upset with Tanaka being hung out to dry like well, that? Well, one thing I did want to correct you on one thing. Although it's spelled Jermaine, he pronounces it Domingo Herman. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't resist that one. It, it, it's Fenway. His bullpen was very taxed. The starters have been bad. So you actually, there was some talk afterwards, why didn't he leave Tanaka in for at least a couple more outs? Because if oh. you're going to get tattooed, what's the dang difference? So now, if, if I have this correct, yeah. another Roger Miller reference, yeah, exactly. which I like, the Yankees and the Red Sox play seven in the next nine games. Yeah. If the Red Sox were to make a move, you would think this is that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just don't know. Is there a carryover? They play each other so no, there's much, no, there's, there's no, no carryover. No carryover whatsoever. What I think. To Aaron Boone, 2003, what happened in 2004 in the playoffs? Yeah. The greatest awesome. comeback of all time. Let's take a break. Coming up, Stevie Wilkerson, your boy, <laughs> gets a save while throwing in the 50s. Has he earned the chance for another? And will the Patriots succeed at converting a quarterback, Danny Etling, into a wide receiver? How many people watching us know Roger Miller and know all the hits like King yeah, of the Road? Google him. It's worth it. Go, go, go find it. Really good. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No. I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Ah, the PTI psychic has traveled to New York, but his wardrobe did not make the trip. But wait, I sense the first call. Hey, guys. This is Chris. Do you see Stevie Wilkerson ever earning another save? All right, so I should explain this, that Wilkerson is a utility player for the Orioles, and he came in last night at the end of a 16-inning game against the Angels, and he goes 1-2-3, right? And he gets Albert Pujols to pop out, but I buried the lead. He throws 40 (laughs) miles an hour. He throws slower than batting practice. Look, the Orioles are not in that many save situations. They won like nine games this year, and he's the first and only guy since they started keeping track of saves 50 years ago to get one who's a position player. So I'm going to say no, it's done. Yeah, I'm going to say not only does he never get another save, but neither do the Orioles. <laughs> However, this could be the template for what we see next year when the rosters go to 26 men from 25. Because if you can get a guy, if he's throwing 40 or he's a sort of mediocre pitcher, it could be your extra utility man and a pitcher. That could be the 26. It's confounding guy. to come in that slow. Yeah. If it's slower than batting practice, that is no good. Next. Hey, Tony and Keith. Who do you see winning the NL Central? Whose hand is that, by the way, that disembodied hand? Uh, we should explain that at Brandon. the moment, the Cubs and the Cardinals are tied, no. and the Brewers are two back, and the Cubs have nine games in ten days against the Brewers and the Cardinals, but six of them are on the road where the Cubs stink this year. They're 19 and 29. If Wilbon were here, he would pick the Cardinals because mm-hmm. he's afraid of the Cardinals and he really <laughs> wants the Cubs to win. I will pick the Brewers because I have nothing better to do. Oh, well, I think the answer is the Cardinals. 
uh, because the Cardinals are in this pennant race, even though Paul Goldschmidt has not hit till this point. He was only hitting 250. Well, this yeah, week he's hit. Now he's starting yeah. to connect. And Matt Carpenter is at 215. I don't think he's going to finish that way. Plus, this is the situation in Cubland, and I, they're all friends of mine, so it's tough for me to say this. But the Cubs today traded for Derek Holland, who was so bad the Giants cut him loose, where he'd been performing as the role of the human arsonist in the San Francisco bullpen. <laughs> a guy who lights himself on fire, the old Daffy Duck routine with yeah. the gasoline. And the, the Cubs traded a human being for him. That's how bad things are going in Chicago. Next! Hey, Tony and Keith. Do you see Patriots quarterback Danny Etling succeeding as a wide receiver? Okay, so this guy is the fourth string quarterback yeah. right now, which means if he wants to make the team, he has to he has to have another position. The magic words in this question are Julian Edelman, because mm -hmm. Julian Edelman was a college quarterback and is now a tremendous all-purpose receiver for the Patriots, who Tom Brady loves. They've done this before. Troy Brown did this, played a couple of different positions. Bill Belichick believes in versatility, and Bill Belichick has patience. Yeah, and he's smarter than everybody else, so maybe it's possible. The kid is already catching passes in practice. I don't think he can be as good as, as Julian Edelman, but if you're going to get a chance to do this, you're going to get a chance at the Patriots. Right. The future tells us that he better. That's what the future tells us, because as long as Dorian Gray is there running that franchise as a quarterback... Uh, there's not going to be another opportunity. And also, how many guys have done this before? This is the fallback for a third or fourth string quarterback who's not quite NFL level competent, but can at least handle a football. But again, again there's no orthodoxy there that says you can't do this like on other teams. Right. You can do it there. Marlon Briscoe. Next. Hey, guys. Will subbing on the fly make basketball a better game? Ooh. Okay, so the WNBA All Star game is this weekend. Of course. And one of the things they're doing is what I consider to be a hockey rule. Yes. They're going to allow once a quarter someone to come in, tag somebody, in effect, and, and make that substitution immediately without reporting. My, I like it, but my problem with it is in an all-star game, you don't even know who's on your team to begin with. And it's not even, I don't even think it goes by conference. I think they're choosing up sides. So somebody could come in and somebody else could say, are you on my team? What are you doing here? But don't they have different uniforms between team A and team B? They're well, I hadn't accounted right. for that. Right. I mean, they're, I not, hadn't. they're not wearing their, their team uniform, their regular season uniforms. They're going to be wearing like a okay, West Okay, you got me on or, that. All right, but besides that. Do you like it? I love this. The thing, there's, the NBA's dirty little secret is pace of play is very bad in the second half particularly and in the fourth quarter especially compared to hockey. Hockey, you sit there and there'll be eight uninterrupted minutes of action NBA is a timeout and so you like coming in. I'd love to see the NBA do it. I'd love to see it be the only way to do it. Have a 60 minute clock no timeouts, no substitutions tag in and out. Phone lines are closed. we got to think about that for a while. Let's take one last break but in our future I see Eli Manning taking a shot at Odell Beckham Jr. And Antonio Brown making a memorable arrival to Raiders camp. So you just want to tag somebody and get right in the game. Yeah, I want to see the excitement of basketball. But they're only letting that happen on offense in this game. You would do it at offense and defense. Yeah, and the NBA is thinking ahead of the curve and doing stuff like that. They know what's going on. It's like you know, hockey has succeeded. Happy time. People, happy 35th birthday tomorrow to Max Scherzer. For my money, the best pitcher in baseball, but I'm a Nats fan. No. What I'm sure of is that he is a warrior god. A few weeks ago, he pitched with a broken nose and a black eye and won. The other day, he had his first start in two weeks after suffering a back injury. He wasn't sharp, but the Nats' bullpen blew the game. Scherzer has three Cy Youngs. He's led the league in strikeouts the last three years. 
And while no player is worth the money, Scherzer is worth the money. So for a while, you had a brown eye, a blue eye, and a black yes, eye. Yes, yes. Oh. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, not everybody gets to have three eyes like that. That's why he's such a great pitcher. It's a triple eye league. A not-so-happy anniversary to Jerry Meals. On this day eight years ago, the then-first-place Pirates lost a marathon 19-inning game to the Braves after home plate ump Jerry Meals surprisingly called Julio Lugo safe at home. This is before replay, so you had to live with the call. Meals later conceded he was wrong, and he's still umping in the major leagues. Keith, you want a robo-ump for this? In fact, I want him to be turned into a robo-ump the way they turn people into the board on Star Trek. I think he should. He may have to go third in our list of those. How did we have sports without replay? How did we have that? Happy trails to the Giants' plan to trade Madison Bumgarner. MLB.com is reporting that it is, quote, all but certain... Bumgarner will not be traded at the deadline, regardless of how this weekend goes for the Giants, who are currently three and a half back in the wild card standings. We have no idea why the Giants made this decision, but I remember a quote from a player on the team the other day saying, quote, if you trade him now, this clubhouse will go ballistic. I know that, but there's still nothing in the farm system other than Joey Bart, the catcher. They need to restock, and these guys are still convinced that everybody on the team is a Hall of Famer because they won three World Series. One correction, the year Emma Smith held out in 1993 was not the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. That was 1995. Keith gave me bad info. Very quick yeah. to the big finish. Here we go. Antonio Brown arrived at Raiders camp in a hot air balloon. You like it? Uh, as Larry Storch would say, it is balloon. The Rams extended Sean McVay and GM Les Snead through 2023. Makes sense? They went to the Super Bowl yes, yeah, last year. Yes, it does. Responding to Odell Beckham, saying he kept the Giants brand a lot. He did. Yeah. Eli Manning said, quote, I won a few games before he was here. How do you read that? Going out on a limb, I think he's talking about the Super Bowl. Two of them. Baker Mayfield was asked about his biggest lesson in college. He said, don't run from the cops. Your thoughts? It's a big difference in college now and when I was in college. Sure. That wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been my opener actually last one nelson cruz hit three home runs last night are you impressed yes because he's 206 is he how many more is he going to get i mean this thing like the one of the 206 he's so that's it that's it for him all right we're out of time we will try and do better the next time i'm tony kornheiser i'm keith olderman you get the pti podcast on the espn app or apple podcast it's a great pleasure having done those with you i hope you enjoyed it i did all right always pleasure to be here cleo rest in peace and mike and don we're with you